What is up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. What the fuck is up, y'all? Like, okay, so what a fucking week. Like, I feel like every single day I wake up and there is always something new. We don't have any fucking gas at the QT right next to my job. And I just started driving not my car but I mean like whatever so I mean technically the gas thing is not an issue um for me but it's still kind of like weird um all that aside um what else is going on Uh, last week I have still been like going and working and hanging out I'm just tired (laughs) I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Um, Creatively, I've been in a funk. I think with everything that's going on and yada yada, I'm in this weird ship thing. You know, I don't know. But I hope y'all's week has been cool. You know, like, what the fuck is up with y'all? Like, okay, never be afraid to tweet me. Let me know how y'all been doing, how you been holding up in these crazy ass times. Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Holler at me, email me. Um, I usually do, you know, respond. I try to do my best to respond to everyone. But Instagram is so weird. Like they'll hide some of your messages and put them in some weird folder. And then it has a filter. And then you have to use a different type of filter to unfilter to filter to unfilter. And it's just a mess. Like, so, you know, but I try. I really do try. I try. By the way, if you're just tuning into this show, uh, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, rate, and review. Because I don't do it for my health, hon. Like, let's be family. Who are you playing with? You know what I mean? Like, if this is your first time, you're going to come back. And if this is not your first time, you're already back. So, let's make it official. We ain't getting no younger, babe. Anyway. All right, so moving on. Like, we always start the show off with a hot topic. And this one is no different. It comes from thelovebscott.com, thelovelylovebscott.com. And um, something we talked about last season um, where the Ellen Show, I talked about that very... um, Specifically, like it was, it was, um, you know, <laughs> I have my, my issues with the Ellen show, you know, and Ellen DeGeneres and all this, that, and the third, you know, but as you may or may not have heard, her show is, she's, stepping down and what is it two years or something like she's got two more years and I want to actually I didn't really read anything about it I like to open all these like articles fresh and like just get a and give you guys a raw um unfiltered um you know response okay so Ellen DeGeneres says negative press cycle was orchestrated and misogynistic okay um, it's taken less than the 24 hours since news that the Ellen DeGeneres show 
was ending for Ellen to start ta- talking about ca- cancel culture. Ellen DeGeneres appeared on today, Thursday morning, to tell Savannah Guthrie why she decided to move on and how toxic workplace allegations impacted her decision. If it was why I was quitting, I would have not come back this year, DeGeneres said. I really did think about not coming back because it was devastating. I'm a kind person. I'm a person who likes to make people happy. I just kept saying to my wife, Portia, if I was a fan of somebody and even if I loved them, I would think there must be some truth to it because it's not stopping. Right on the heels of that, I read in the press that there's a toxic work environment, which I had no idea. Never saw anything that would even point to that. Okay. When Gun3 asked DeGeneres if she felt like she was being canceled, the talk show host responded, I really don't understand it. I still don't understand it. It was too orchestrated. It was too coordinated. People get picked on, but for four months straight for me, and then for me to read in the press about a toxic work environment when all I've ever heard from every guest that comes on the show is what a happy atmosphere this is and what a happy place this is. I didn't. I don't know how I could have known when there's 255 employees here and there are a lot of different buildings unless I literally stay here until the last person goes home at night. She continued, it is my name on the show, so clearly it affects me, and I have to be the one to stand up and say, this can't be tolerated. But I do wish somebody would have come to me and said, hey, something's going on that you should know about. Ellen also said that misogyny could have played a part in the the press cycle. How can I be an example of strength and perseverance and power if I gave up and ran away? She said, and so it was really one of the reasons I came back. I worked really hard on myself. And also, I have to say, if nobody else is saying it, it was really interesting because I'm a woman and it did feel very misogynistic. Following reports of the toxic workplace, DeGeneres promised to begin a new chapter on September 21st, addressing the allegations and apologizing to the people who were affected. As you may have heard, this summer there were allegations of toxic work environment at our show, and then there an, was an investigation. Jenner said, I learned that things happen here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously, and I want to say that I am so sorry to the people that were affected. I know that I am in a position of privilege and power, and with that comes responsibility, and I take responsibility for what happens at this show. Um, Ellen's going to be a okay. I agree. Like I said previously, I think Ellen just needs to drop. Didn't I tell y'all? Like, I re- did I lie? Did I lie? Like, Ellen is going to leave the show eventually, and then all she's going to do is rebrand. Ellen's going to get a date, a nighttime show where she could be a little bit more cutthroat, completely get rid of the whole company, start a brand new situation, maybe on like a streaming network or something like that, where she could start her staff up from the bottom. Some real gritty people who don't mind a little cursing out and roughing up some edge, you know, feathers. So, and she's going to be talking straight from the hip and she's going to move on. She's going to work. Ellen's going to be fine. She's going to have more guests. She's going to be able to be more free and she's going to move on just like every other privileged white person who got away with it. I think it was funny when she was like, you know, she had no idea. Most people don't. I I knew there's a particular manager at my job um, that I used to work at who 
was the one of the most toxic managers that I've ever worked with. But he had such a reputation of being so kind to people. But the people he was kind to and the way he was kind to them was very um, manipulative. So you can never really um, put it um, to the light, you know, without really... Uh, Without concrete proof, he used to say the worst things. He people, no matter how much you liked him, he had an element of fear in him because you knew what it was like. He used people as an example of what his bad side would be like. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people were afraid to be on the other side of his wrath. He didn't do it to everyone, you know, but people who had some kind of opportunity, like another job opportunity, like once they once they got another job, he was horrible to them like villainous almost poisonous to them like he immediately he heard about you have another job you were done like he i mean like you your goose was cooked he made it very uncomfortable for you horrible comments he would gossip about you bring up personal things in front of other people um you know or things that he's heard he was horrible but on the surface you know as long as everybody else was there and needing him and at his beck and call he was kind to he was overexerting himself like looking away when you were late for work it's okay we've all been there or the fact that you missed work or something like that he would kind of quote unquote look away but use that as a tool to get you to stay longer or work another shift that you weren't supposed to work because remember I looked out for you right you know most managers would not and I think he would be shocked that because no one ever told him to his face that he was a toxic person at least no one um who was directly working with him it was always someone who was leaving you found out about this particular manager when you were gone, like you realize and you look back on the way he did things like that, this person was toxic. He created like a cult type of working environment where you're in, you're in, you're out, you're out. And when you're out, it's cold. I mean, he literally said all kind of things, did whatever. Um, he would affect your income the best way he could. He would affect your opportunity to get another job. While you're at that job, he would do his best to um, mudsling, you know, under the guise of just him being a ha-ha-ha. But he was toxic. But nobody has ever really confronted him when everybody else, these... And then he used to always kind of lean towards... Not the losers, per se. I don't like to call people losers. But people who are down and out and who need an opportunity, he had this kind of hero effect to them. Oh, so-and-so was there when I was in rehab and, you know, I needed to go and blah, 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 and he let me go. But in reality, he bitched the whole time. He didn't want to do it, but he knew that you would come back and work for him and you'd be indentured an indentured servant to him because you overlooked the fact that you were doing something for yourself and he let you do it. If that make any sense, that's how I imagine Ellen to be. And Ellen having a bad day and come in here and cause so much ruckus and chaos and 
upset with everyone and people just take it because oh it must have been something that I did because Ellen is not normally like this it has to be something that I did because how did I piss Ellen off I'm pissing Ellen DeGeneres off I must change the way I am because Ellen is right she's a kind person and so a lot of people especially I noticed that a lot would um Caucasian business owners is that they feel like because they gave you a job um that they were kind to you I'm kind to you didn't I didn't I hire you didn't I give you that raise didn't I didn't I you know didn't I make sure didn't I forget you know let you come in 10 minutes late past your lunch break and just didn't say anything I'm kind to you right but these are things that people overlook a normal job overlooks there's allowances for these things technically you couldn't fire somebody for these things. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like someone taking care of their mental health, someone going to rehab, someone this, that, and the third. There's a union, but they like to make it seem like they're doing you a favor. They're kind to you, that they're being nice, and that they're, um, I work for such a great and happy atmosphere. But the atmosphere might be happy because everybody's on pins and needles and they know the moment they drop the ball and they drop that curtain to show how frantic everyone really is, how sad everyone really is, how depressed everyone really is, and how all you care about is shut the fuck up and smile and do your job. Does it make any sense? Have y'all ever had a manager like that? Like who technically was a toxic person, but because they weren't screaming, throwing things or sleeping with, you know, their workers or, you know what I mean? Because they didn't do certain things that, um, were ideally the toxic, when we think of toxic management and, um, uh, toxic working environments, you know what I mean? Like they, they always were just borderline. Do you know what I'm saying? Tweet me, Carmine Davis, um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. I want to hear. Um, there's, you know what I mean? Like, I think, and that, that manager who, you know, you're just lucky that he's not hitting, you know, slamming things and slamming doors and yelling and cursing you out and firing you because you have to stay and drop, leave early and drop your kids off. But there's that manager that brings it up the next time he needs a favor from you and you'd better do what he's asking you to do, no matter what it costs or no matter what it means or no matter what it costs you or your mental health, you'll do it because, you know, remember, you know, you left, an hour early to go get your daughter who was sick. Yeah, I'm going to need you to pick up another day. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, will, I, I don't know. Ellen, baby girl, listen, you know, you'll be fine, you know, but I, I believe them. I believe it. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so okay, this spotlight artist, you know, in the next segment we go and we spotlight artists, you know, who we love, concepts, albums, songs, um, ideas uh that, you know, 
pertain to artistry and music and people who I love and or people who I admire or who I think is interesting. And and this is a kind of goes back to um, this piggybacking off the uh, we're not piggybacking, but it's another hot topic kind of. Um, but OK. Tank says he is going completely deaf in his right ear. Now, when I read this, like my heart sank. One, because Tank is a prolific R&B songwriter. You know, he wrote Come Over for Aaliyah and Changing Faces, which I, I don't know if I don't know if y'all know, but um, Tank, there is a version of Come Over. Um, you know, most famously, Aaliyah did it. Um, but if you go and Google the R&B group Changing Faces Come Over, they did a version of it that was also written by Tank. Um, Tank also wrote um, a couple of really, really great songs um, on his own. I think Tank, even Maybe I Deserve, and all those songs really... One thing about Tank is that Tank was always... He's a Capricorn. By the way, my Capricorn brother, I love me some Tank. Because I understand Tank in a sense of that he was always old school, but right on time. Even his conceptually... He was bringing in the notions of artists like Marvin Gaye and Al Green and, um, you know, artists like uh, Bobby Womack and those ballads back in the day of, of love and devotion or hurt and pain. A grown man, black man in tears and honest about his views on love but also very honest on how he wants to fuck. But it was still in the sense of classical, but still hip hop, if that makes any sense, where it was, you know, uh, it was still classy, even when it's not like, when we fuck, when we, like, you know, but even then, even the arrangements and everything, it's not like the other R&B singers out here who rely heavily on hip hop and sentiments from hip hop that translate to R&B with R&B like melodies and all that. Tank is making R&B cool again and current by borrowing hip hop elements and slang and sprinkling them into these great love ballads. But nonetheless, it, so when I got the you know notification and, and saw the article that Tank is going completely deaf in his right ear as a singer that's a big deal. Let me read the article. Of course, this is coming from lovebescott.com. Um, Tank took to social media to let his fans know he's dealing with some serious health issues. Um, so I'm going through something right now, and I want to use my situation to encourage your situation. He said in the clip, I'm going completely deaf in the right ear, and I'm kind of losing sound on my left. I'm dizzy, can't walk a straight line, all of this out of nowhere. Don't know how or why. Seen the doctors and got MRIs and all that good stuff going on. Although Tank is dealing with a lot, he wants to use the situation to encourage others to keep persevering. Um, it still hasn't given me a reason to give up, he added. It still hasn't given me a reason to stop feeling like I can do and be everything that I've set out to be. The goals are still the same, to be great and to be the greatest. And I want to say that to you, too. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you find yourself, whether your body's failing you, whether your mind is failing you, whether your spirit is failing you, keep going, keep pushing. 
He concluded his video by telling his fans that he plans to show them his journey as he tries to get better. I'm going to document my process just to show you the fight. Just to show you that you're still in it. We're still in it. The former TGT singer said, so much love to you and keep fighting. Tank was met with lots of support from many of his celebrity friends. Duran from 112 commented, keep fighting, bro. Prayers up. Bishop T.D. Jakes wrote, praying for you, bro. Not Bishop T.J. Jakes saying, bro. I, I hate being called bro. It's like nails on the chalkboard for me. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know if it's because I'm so used to being around gays. I'm like, bitch, you know, girl, you know, like, girl, you got this. A girl, you doing it. You know, I hate being called bro. I feel so unseen. Even though I am a bro, don't get me wrong. But I feel like bro is something that you call somebody, you know, it's like ma'am, you know, or, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It feels like, I guess from where I'm from bro, or the terms that the way I use it is not really always a term of endearment. It's sort of like, bro, you know, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, singer tweet left several praying hands emoji under the post. So, um, prayers up to tank. The reason why, and also the reason why this article stuck out to me was because I think people don't look at singers and performers the same way they look at, athletes um that's a big deal as a singer to lose your hearing do you see what i'm saying like it's sort of like a football player having issues with their ankle or not even just losing like losing a fucking arm or some shit like that like you're going deaf that is the huge part especially as a singer songwriter and someone who sings it's i mean what what Tank is saying is, is even though he's being a Capricorn and being, you know, confident and and faithful, you know, and and believing and believing in perseverance, like I would too. But what this man is saying, basically, long story short, is that his career is in jeopardy, his art is in jeopardy, and I think people don't notice that like when singers voices change or they start losing their voices or their hearing or their health, this is a huge crippling thing that tank is experiencing. Um, It's something that I wish I don't wouldn't wish on anybody, but I don't understand what's happening to tank. Someone who's staying true to the, the genre of R and B someone who is a R and B crooner. He is one of the last great popular male R&B who stuck to the code. You know what I mean? He, he sings, he writes, he performs amazing songs. People get married to tank songs. People break up, they fight, they fuck to tanks music. You know what I'm saying? And his, he's losing his ear, his, his hearing. And it makes me so sad. Like that made me so sad. And I don't feel like this should be brushed under the rug or thrown away. Like this man could like lose like such a huge part of himself. And I know with everything going on in the world, of course, it's just a drop, you know, on a bucket, you know, whatever. But I want us to like focus on that. Pray for Tank as if we would pray for an athlete who 
you know, damage his Achilles heel. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a man who's given us R&B excellence. Let's run it. Just in case you don't know who Tank is, um, Darrell Artazi Babs, he was born January the 1st, 1976, and he's better known as his um, stage name Tank. Um, he's an American singer-songwriter, uh, record producer, and actor. He is known for his singles, Maybe I Deserve, which is one of my favorite ones, Please Don't Go, and When We. According to the Billboard, Tank has sold over 1.76 million albums in the U.S. as of 2013. I thought he sold more than that. Um career you know he's did um force of nature in 2002 he did sex love and pain in 2007 um with please don't go which peaked at number 42 on the billboard hot 100 he also got with the group um tgt with tank genuine and tyrese um the group was put on hold due to contractual issues but would go on to sign a contract with atlantic's atlantic records in 2012 where they imploded it was a mess too many bitches and too many divas honey um he dropped um Uh, when we sex, love, and pain, and savage, um, he can which peaked at number eighty six. He really consecutively gave us some really really great R and B music. And even though Tank is like again like Tank came out in two thousand and two, he's compared to artists that were out in the nineties. Like we forget that Tank is not has not been doing it as long as Genuine and Tyrese. Like that's he he brought real R and B back to the forefront to me and i think that um he is a gem tank is a gem and i think that we need to pray you know pray him up lift him up in spirits um pray his ailments away pray that spirit away and and keep you know we need this man to have a full recovery um but tweet me um, your favorite Tank songs. Let me know what you think about Tank, and also tweet Tank. Let him keep him. I'm a Capricorn too, so you have to you have to keep us up in spirit. You know, you have to. No matter what, we are strong right now, but that shit gets heavy on us. Being constantly the cheerleader, and I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. And we just need people to be like, yeah, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. And I want y'all to do that. I want us to do that with Tank, and I want us to. Pray him up. I want y'all to um, pray to whom you believe and give him light and pray away his ailments and his illnesses. And my God, like, we, R&B needs Tank. <laughs> R&B needs Tank. Hmm. My God, what a crazy time. Tank. Fine ass tanks. Now, the thing is about tank though, tank constantly is fine, like tank ain't never fell off. Tank look good. Mm. Beautiful man. All right, let's move on um, to the love, sex, and relationship segment of the show um where we talk about love sex and relationships is <laughs> actually my favorite thing on the show um because we get a little trashy but we also have a lot of fun and but this week 
Um, I want to talk about something that's been on my mind. I think a lot of people can relate to. This is coming from lifehack.com. Um, seven ways to let go of insecurity in your relationships. I felt unworthy of love for a lot of my life. A common question that replayed in my head during my high school years was, why would anyone be interested in me? My relationship insecurity made me see the problems where they didn't exist. See the problems where they didn't exist. Turning what would have been a successful relationship into a short-lived dismal failure. Know the feeling? If so, here are seven ways on how to stop feeling insecure. One, stop thinking it's all about you. A self-centered worldview will have you chasing boogeymen when they don't exist. If your partner doesn't feel like going out, don't assume it's because you, of you when they just as easily could have been had a bad day and they're drain of their energy. Stop psychoanalyzing every word choice your partner makes and be more present in the moment so you can notice the message behind their tone, physical presence, and posture. Obsessing with hidden meanings is a surefire way to miss the point. Don't berate your partner for being too quiet or continuously ask, what are you thinking during every lapse of conversation? An overwhelming urge to fill every second of silence with needless words is a habit of an insecure person. Take your partner's hand, breathe in, breathe out, and enjoy the silence together. Who says you can't enjoy simple things like without words? Two, stop psyching yourself out. Your thoughts could be your relationship's best friend or worst enemy. The The quality of your thoughts has a direct effect on the quality of your relationship. Have you ever found thinking negative thoughts like, I know they'll get sick of me someday, or how could they love me? These thoughts have little to do with reality, but a lot to do with fear. In other words, the problem you are concerned with doesn't exist. You invented it. Anytime you find yourself feeling insecure about your relationship, tell yourself, the thing I'm worried about only exists in my head. I have full control. Three, stop lugging around all that baggage. Ever been in a relationship so terrible that you would love to just wish it all away so you just never have to think about it again? Join the club. You'll be hard-pressed to find a person who doesn't have a bit of baggage because this love thing is unpredictable and sometimes rocky ride. A little baggage is totally okay. But you need to lighten your load before jumping into any new relationship. Let go of any less leftover hurtful feelings and might be ling- that might be lingering and realize that your new relationship is a new opportunity to put all of that behind you. The lovely thing about life, you can restart as many times as you need to. Four, stop seeing things in black and white. How do you react when someone blames you for something that you don't think is your fault? Survey says you get defensive. Likewise, confronting your partner over a problem, no matter how obvious it may be to you, will most likely cause them to become defensive. This usually leads to a knockdown, dragout fight that is the opposite of productive because you're both too busy trying to prove your right to resolve the conflict. If you have a problem, don't immediately point the finger, but instead approach your partner with compassion and understanding. Be comfortable in the fact that the neither of you is fully right or wrong. The true answer lies somewhere in the middle. Five, stop feeling paranoid over nothing. Let's face it. We all talk to people of the opposite sex. Just because a boy and a girl or a boy and a boy or a girl and a girl 
are friends doesn't mean that there's more to the story. Avoid the temptation to snoop your partner's phone, <laughs> Facebook messages, or email accounts. While this can temporarily calm your nerves when you see nothing afoul, it is also a behavior that can quickly become addictive. Not to mention damaging for relationships. Trust when they find out Big Brother is watching. Six, stop putting off uncomfortable conversations. While conflict is stressful for your relationship in the short term, it will build the strength of your relationship in the long term. Facing your problems without fear will help you grow closer to your partner. Never mince words with each other and you will develop trust so strong that you can tell your partner anything that is on your mind. Seven, stop being dependent on anyone but yourself. Having someone to hug, kiss, cuddle, make love to, and share your life with with is nothing short of wonderful but before you march off into the sunset in search of love you need to learn love to learn to you need to learn to love yourself just like you shouldn't invite a friend over to your house while it's disorganized or while it's a disorganized mess you shouldn't invite a partner into your life while it's a disarray take care of your inner house before you invite anyone else onto it if you let go of insecurity, you can expect the side effects of reduced stress and increased relationship satisfaction. If you're still struggling with relationship security, try to get more guidance from other articles that I put in the description box. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like... Mm, sometimes people... I, I I admire those people who can just go through life and not care about what their partner thinks of them and what they're wearing or what they're saying and what they, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that is really cool. And I'm learning to be that way because I'm fine with or without my partner. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I've, I've let insecurities wreak havoc, wreak havoc, havoc over past relationships, but now I don't care. (laughs) I don't care what boys think. I don't care what anyone thinks. So it's become a little bit easier to date and have people around and when you're not pushing them away. I don't know. I just thought I'd share that with y'all. Have you ever let insecurities in a relationship, like, ruin you? Have you ever kicked someone out for something that did not happen? Or have you ever cursed someone out for a conversation that that never happened or... Tweet me, Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know what you think. But that is our show. That is our show, lovelies. What a weird time. I feel like I say this over and over again. Um, But we're making it. We're thriving and we're doing great despite everything that's going on. Um, we're making lemonade out of all the lemons. I'll see y'all next week and I love you. Bye.